0: special podcast episode for you today, all about the forthcoming campaign, which will highlight and celebrate Salford's green spaces. Rediscovering Salford, coming later this month, will include a must-visit exhibition called You Belong Here, alongside immersive artwork located in Peel Park called The StormCon, which we will talk about later. So, I spoke to Claire karn who is the Exhibitions Manager at Salford Museum and Art Gallery, and Stephanie Fletcher, who is the Assistant Curator for the University of Salford's Art Collection. So, let's hear what they had to say.
1: So let's start with Stephanie. So what was re- Rediscovering Salford? What is it and where has it come from? What's the inspiration for the project?
2: So Rediscovering Salford is actually a city-wide program that's going to be happening uh, throughout the year and really it's a celebration of our parks and green spaces um, throughout the city. Um, at the heart of Rediscovering Salford is this project at the Museum which is a collaboration between us at the university and the museum team. And the, the main focus of that exhibition is going to be some brand new commissions with um, Salford-based artists um, who we've kind of sent out in Salford um, during the past six months or so. And they've been um, exploring or rediscovering, um, you know, the natural green spaces around the city. Um, you know, some places they might be a little bit familiar with and some places might be new to them, but it's really about finding, finding new connections and new stories and new understandings of what those natural spaces mean to us, um, which, I mean, we planned this before COVID, but it's had, you know, COVID's given it a particular ex- extra kind of resonance with the way mm-hmm. that everyone's been really, you know, utilising and enjoying uh, parks and green spaces. Um, so okay. the inspiration initially actually came from the launch of the RHS Garden Bridgewater, which is a brand new site mm-hmm. that's been built um, in Salford by the RHS. Um, that's on the site of the old Worsley Hall, and they've spent ages now um, redeveloping that site, um, kind of re-planning um, uh, the gardens and bringing back some of the gardens that used to be there, um, so it's going to be a huge site, they've just about opened it now this this month, um, obviously it was delayed because of Covid as well, um, but we thought what a great thing to be happening in Salford, and how can we really celebrate that and make the most of it, and really kind of champion Salford as a really green city for people to enjoy.
1: Yeah. And do you think that Salford's green spaces are are overlooked due to its industrial past? Because I know that before I I, I heard about this, I would actually never have thought of Salford as a really green area. But then when I thought about it, I said, actually, it it really is. So do, do you think that the green spaces are overlooked?
2: Yeah I mean I totally agree with you. Um, I mean I've been working in Salford about for about six or seven years now and I think similar to a lot of people you have this idea of it being quite urban or like you said there's quite quite a proud kind of strong industrial past that's really shaped the city mm-hmm. um, and you can think of it as you know lots of great tower blocks and new roads being built all the time so it has this reputation as being quite an urban space I think. Um, but there was there was this report that came out a couple of years ago I think it's the Centre for Thriving Places which Mm -hmm. named Salford as like I think it was the greenest city in the UK and I was like whoa who who even like I never thought of Salford as being green right I think that's partly green spaces and partly like green credentials like recycling and stuff but really that was again trying to trying to highlight that there's you know between kind of like small parks to like the bigger parks and kind of rural spaces or you know on the outskirts you've got like a lot of like wetlands and wildlife spaces Um, it's really just about rethinking you know I think um there's different figures wherever you look, but the facts look at something like there's 60 to 70 parks in Salford, Um, at least a third of Salford kind of in in the kind of bigger um, region is actually green space. You know, there's a lot of peat bogs and wildlife reserves. So it's really just trying to rethink like, yeah, we can be proud of of Salford as this developing city with all the kind of great stuff that brings, but um, there's loads to, yeah, loads to enjoy in kind of green spaces and wildlife
1: that's absolutely mental I would never have realized what over 60 parks was it
2: yeah people kind of argue on this figure it depends who you ask um Hmm. so that might include very small parks it might include graveyards it might include all sorts um I mean one of our artists which we'll get onto later has been trying to get around as many of the parks as we can and he's kind of he's arrived at this figure of 60 to 70 um so yeah it just makes you really rethink you know the spaces that we
3: have around us
0: Mm-hmm. And of course,
3: like Salford had the first public park as well, didn't it? In which is Peel Park, so it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? That it's kind of coming home, and we're doing this around Salford. Yeah. yeah so Pe- Peel Park's known
2: as one of, again, it's <laughs> there's arguments amongst park historians about whether it was actually the first, but it is kind of widely recognised as the first. Um, well, it's paid for by public subscription, um, mm. so it's definitely you know it's that parks for the people, you know, it's by the people for the people. Um, yeah,
1: I love that. And you were talking about the, um, the, one of the artists earlier. So going back to the project then, so, you know, called You Belong Here, Rediscovering Soford's Green Spaces. So some of the artists include Jack Brown, Cheddar Gorgeous, Hilary Jack and Lizzie King. So what kind of work have they been doing?
3: Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, so those, the, the four artists that you've uh, mentioned, um, we, we commissioned them, um, working sort of with, um, Paradise Works and Islington Mill, Um, they sort of helped us to select artists um, for the project who'd be, who we thought would be, um, would really sort of embrace the brief um, and that their practice would lend themselves to those sorts of um, responses. Um, And yeah, we invited each of them to look at those themes that we'd been pulling up from, you know, the idea of the green spaces, um, RHS Bridgewater, um, as Steph mentioned, um, and that site, the Worsley New Hall, um, and because Salford has tons of old halls, some of them are still standing, some of them um, are not, um, and as as we've mentioned, all the green spaces. Um, so we were sort of really looking at the kind of the, the history as well of the area and how that the landscapes changed um, over the years. And um, so, so one artist, um, Lizzie King, has. Um, knows Peel Park very well um and so when this project came up um it sort of immediately I think was interested in in um looking at Peel Park um, as an area um yes so she uh, she's a graduate um from Salford um and she works with print and uh, printmaking and photography um and she's created two new works um and one of them is um based around the idea of the postcard um of you know just a simple sort of the postcards but people um used to send postcards from peel park so there's there's lots of there's 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 loads and loads of different postcards from peel park from back in the day um and we have quite a lot in the collection and there's quite a lot in the photo um archive as well Uh, and also um as lizzie discovered you can find them on ebay as well and people have actually written them um and so talking about it as if it's, you know, as a holiday destination, really, the idea yeah. of going to the park, uh, which is really nice. So, um, so, yeah, so she's brought back that idea and recreated a contemporary Peel Park postcard. And there's a range of the six of them. Um, and then the idea is that people will be able to share their sort of reflections of their local parks or um spend a bit of time and um, thinking about their memories and things they want to share um, and yeah. be able to re- write a postcard in the exhibition um so then um then we've um also um we're working with um cheddar gorgeous so cheddar um originally was sort of interested in the halls and, and a lot of the history around um around the area um and um will always do quite a lot of research and is interested in um in the history and the the people. Um he began sort of looking at sort of Peel Hall, uh, one of the halls, um, and then sort of his focus sort of shifted to the air that area and the sort of um which is There was a hall there before there was Peel Hall, um, and there's a ghost story from that uh, from that sort of area um, of the uh, of Madame Mort, so Catherine Mort, who's known as the Gray Lady, um, and she is said to sort of roam roam round the local woods woodland um, around there, um, and um, yeah, also uh, Cheddar also contacted sort of local local people through social media. and they were able to share their sort of ghost stories, um, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and though, yeah, so, yeah, taking all this information um, and um, the work that Cheddar's created, it's, um, he Cheddar's a drag artist, so has um, basically recreated a costume and a reenactment um of the Grey Lady, essentially. Yes. Um, and um there was a photo shoot that took place in the um the area around Witch Eve's Hall. Um so Ted was in, in drag um and wandered around and essentially sort of sort of recreated, I suppose, the um the ghost story. Um so Hillary Jacks based at Paradise Works her work is um create sculptures installations um, and often sort of in um in public spaces or in response to public spaces as she was researching as she was looking at them she 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 sort of developed um, an interest in general in the changing art in the sort of the changing architecture of the city as a whole so she's created a series of um Fully functioning bird boxes. The idea is that at some point later, um, they will be able to be rehomed outside um, and um, actually be able to sort of help with the flourishing bird population. She's sort of really sort of questioning kind of the impact of of the of city growth and and that kind of changing environment. Um, mm. And then Jack Brown. So Jack Brown, um, um, when he received the brief, um, he um, spent a lot of time going out and just wandering around in all the parks and exploring all the different spaces um taking undiscovered routes the unofficial sort of paths and tracks um through the parks and stuff so he kind of was sort of avoiding the kind of more public areas um and sort of just making sort of various discoveries um new paths um drinking finding sort of you know animal tracks, um, rope yeah. swings, um, all sorts of, you know, sort of secret dens, that kind of thing. He was also at the same time sort of looking at, again, you know, sort of thinking about this sort of the history um, side of things um, and was t- t- took some inspiration from the Victorian um, stereoscopic images um, that are in the collection. Um, at the museum um, so that's where you have like uh, sort of two images that's viewed together create a kind of 3D um, image um, so he was sort of thinking about um, that side of things. Yeah so he, he had all these objects that he collected, he's gone on all these um, explorations um, and he created, he's created basically three different works um for the exhibition um one of which um uses the objects and he's used them to create um an installation using floral foam um which when the objects have all been imprinted into the floral foam and it's and he's created a, a really large scale um wall-based um installation um for the exhibition um and he's also um using the idea of victorian telescopic imagery and um, he's created a video piece um focusing on rope swings and um, some of the items that he'd f- he's found on his um, travels through the parks um, and then another um, video work that he's created um actually sort of records his journeys through some of these kind of undergrowths and um, you know through sort of the tiny sort of spaces that you wouldn't normally be able to get through um, and that's um, shown on a on a screen that's kind of hidden from view from the public um, so they can sort of you can hear, the rustlings of him wa- wandering through certain bits of the parks.
1: That sounds really interesting, actually. I I love the idea of um uh kind of the immersiveness of um hearing the rustling and it sounds really, really interesting. Um and, and, but so the, this isn't actually the only thing going on at the moment. There's so much happening, oh my goodness, because they also have the storm cone. So Stephanie, I believe this is your department. So, so what is the storm cone, and and what does that have to do with with, with what else is going on?
2: Yeah, so the Stormcone cone is a new artwork that's been commissioned uh, alongside the museum exhibition, and it's mm. part of the wider rediscovering program. So again, it shares those themes of um, rediscovery and reconnection to the kind of green spaces and histories around us.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it's a it's a new kind of interactive digital artwork by an artist called Laura Daly. Um, she was she was born in the northwest. She's now sort of based um, down in London, um, but she's um, She was initially inspired to come and work with Salford actually, because one of the things that the Stormcone focuses on is um, brass bands and bandstands. So kind of every, every park like Peel Park used to have a bandstand as a kind of focal point. You know, people would come down there for concerts. It was like a really popular thing for kind of like working families and you kind of rarely see them anymore. A few, you know, a few parks still have them. Um, And this, this project, um, so what it is that you'll experience is it's, it's actually based on an app. So it's an immersive artwork and it kind of uses the GPS on your phone or your tablet. Um, so you can you can download it, um, visit Peel Park, and you'll be able to explore a kind of augmented reality world um, in while you're in the park through this app. So the kind of, ex- I mean, we don't want to give too much away because we want you to just get down there and kind of give it a go. Get um, into
1: it, yeah.
2: yeah, basically you'll be able to load up the app um, when you're in the park And you'll be able to have this kind of surround sound experience of what it would have been like when there was a uh, a full band playing in a Mm. bandstand. So it's kind of quite a ghostly, quite an immersive experience. Um, Mm. And it's actually been, um, it's been made at the university as well. It's had a huge team working on it. It's quite a complex piece to make. To, from the composition through to the kind of app design. There's been loads and loads of people involved. It's been a real collaboration. So Laura Daly's is the main artist, um, and we've also worked with a composer called Lucy Pankhurst. And then um staff and students from the university's music department have been they've been amazing. They've worked throughout COVID, they've had mm-hmm. um socially distanced brass band recitals, they've been able to make it happen through the pandemic, which has been amazing. Wow. Um so I know that they've really enjoyed working on it. They've been like performing these um new brass band pieces. Um so sound engineering as well. Um, music technology they've been really involved in it and then from the app side of things again we've had a lot of staff and students be really really involved in making this um everything from kind of the user interface design to you know how it looks how it functions all that kind of stuff um with a bit of help from games design as well so it's been like a real collaboration this one and it's been like a real mm-hmm. chance for students to kind of um uh, learn but also kind of show off you know what they've what they've been learning on those courses the, the other thing i would say about that as well is that um all of these commissions are uh, going to come into the university's collection. So Mm -hmm. for people that don't know, like the university does actually have its own art collection. It's kind of a modest one. It's got about a thousand works in there, but it's a really exciting collection of like contemporary work and we're often commissioning new work for the collection. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's going to be, I mean, they're all going to be really great for us to collect. But that one's going to be really interesting because we're going to collect an app into an art collection and not many yeah. museums have kind of done that before. So just thinking about how that's going to you know, work in the future um, is quite mm. an exciting one for us.
1: But so, so going back then to the exhibition, Claire, so how can people visit the rediscoverings of an exhibition? And of course, very important question, will social distancing be in place?
3: Uh, yes, of course. Um, so you can book... Um, you can book your visit online um mm-hmm. through salfordmuseum.com uh, the um yeah because because of the current situation um everyone needs to book um book book a visit um sure. we um we have a one-way system through the museum um and um obviously managing numbers in all the spaces um and um we've got you know it, it we're Adhering to all the um, COVID guidelines, um, so we've got hand sanitizer stations at various points throughout the building, um, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so we're we're, um, we're really excited um, mm. that people will be able to come back in the building again.
1: And, and who do you think the exhibition is for? Who would enjoy it?
3: Hopefully, everybody. Um, we Good we um, <laughs> we. Um, I think anyone who is interested in contemporary art, anybody who mm. has got an interest in Salford or learning a bit more about the history of of, uh, of the area um, or you know the parks and you know that side of things or even anyone with any kind of environmental um, interest. Um, the really great thing about this exhibition is that there's different the works are all obviously all connected and all um, responding to similar to similar themes, but the the work in in the exhibition is all really different. And um, so we've got film work, we've got um, sculpture, um, drag, um, photography, printmaking, and um, so you know there's there's a huge sort of range um, to see in the exhibition.
0: Now, we've also spoken to one of the artists, Cheddar Gorges, who has designed a dress around the ghost story of local legend Catherine Maud. So let's find out more about their work.
4: My project is a reenactment of a ghost story using drag. I think the great thing about the project was that the ideas were really able to come from the public spaces themselves but also the people that still existed and the history that was already there so it was a combination of those three elements i originally started thinking i would do something about the halls the many different halls in salford that have disappeared over a long long period of time but when i went and visited the space um, one of the things that really struck me was the kind of the natural world and the nature and the trees that were all still there. Um, and one of the the stories that stuck in my mind was of this woman called Catherine Mort. Um, And very little was known about her, but she was linked to this ghost story called either the White Lady or the Grey Lady, depending on how old you are. Um, And there were lots of things about the natural environment that were linked to Catherine herself. So she planted a forest of silver birch trees, um, which were subsequently replaced by an estate. But there are still a few of these trees still lingering in the area and i think that just really captured my imagination so i delved a little bit more into Catherine's story which then allowed me to delve more into people's memories of ghost stories but also the way that the ghost stories were a way of reconnecting with the forest that used to be there so i worked with an amazing silk dye artist called natalie linney and Natalie and I walked around the area and we gathered bits of leaves and bark and plant life. And then Natalie then used that to actually dye a piece of silk, creating this kind of custom silk pattern that leaves imprints of the silver birch leaves and of all the different foliage that we found. And I love, I love that about the project. I love that about Natalie's work because it means that you actually get to bring the, the environment itself and the kind of fragments of the environment into the final piece you're producing and that was just so exciting for me Um, and then the silk was taken by uh, my drag daughter Licorice Black who's also a seamstress and she uh, turned it into this beautiful um, dress that referenced the period that Catherine Mort lived and I worked with uh, a printer then to actually place these stories that people had given me, that I wrote into branches from photographs that I took of the trees. Um, So there just became this ability to, to, because of using so many artists, it allowed me to weave in lots of different elements that aren't my expertise. Madame Moore, or Catherine Moore, which was her actual name, she became this way for me to access both the area and the forest that used to exist there, but also the history and also the people. She became the piece that kind of connected everything together. Um, But despite how much she still lives in people's imaginations, very little is known about her. And there's no pictures that exist of her, which was one of the reasons why I wanted to produce Uh, a kind of portrait and an homage to her. Um, But also, there's very little historical information about her. I was able to track down her will or a copy of her will, um, and she seemed like quite a sassy gal. So there's uh, really, really amazing bits in her will where she's kind of referring to her nephew, um, who she she left all of her property to her nephew. Um, But she wrote into her will, that he had to come and live in the house or he didn't get anything so she was really sassy and she made out that he was a little bit of a bounder, a little bit of a rake and that he needed to settle down and this was going to be the thing that brought him in so i like to imagine her as this quite bolshy character she was the last woman to live in a hall called Witchheave's hall but then she subsequently haunted the forest that she planted, and all of the other halls that existed on the site. So I just love the way that she persisted, so nothing really that, um, nothing really that she would have come into contact uh, remains, but she still carried on all of those years in people's minds and people's imaginations.
0: Now, we really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much to Claire and Stephanie for being such wonderful guests. And you can find more about the project on youbelonghere.software.ac.uk. Check out all of their social media in the description box below. And make sure you catch the exhibition before it finishes this November.
4: Bye!